welcome to Heart Warriors Radio with your hosts, Yona Brindis and Jeff Casper and me, Ryan McCormick. For more about Heart Warriors Radio by going to our website at outerlimitsradio.com and learn more about Jeff and Yona by going to transcodes.com. Jeff and Yona, how are you both doing? Hi, Very Ryan. Good. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's an honor to have you with us. So today we're going to talk about how to detach. Like some people like me can't detach from the damn cookies. My hands are always on the cookies. So this is about detachment, detaching away and being able to live peacefully. Although I don't know how I could live without my cookies. But I guess if I live without them and I could detach from them, I probably would enjoy life in a different manner. So... But that's a that's a really really cool example. <laughs> have you really? ever, yes, have you ever asked yourself what you're getting out of your cookies? I mean, what is no, it that makes you want them? You see, I bumped my head earlier today. I knew something good was going to come about it. There's there's mm-hmm. the inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people call this instant karma. <laughs> no, the cookies are a very good example. Yeah. Why do we have these attachments to certain things? What what do they do for us? What do they give us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from a spiritual point of view, you know, it's the 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 core of all our problems. Okay, the the ego's duality, right, and, and the the metaphysical laws that are underneath that ego duality is is that the ego has a big issue with dying, okay, with the fact that we are dying one day, okay? It's like an expiration date, okay? So there is this, we come to this world more or less at some point, you know, when we're like two or three years old, we realize that at some point we're going to die, okay? And that creates a huge fear in us that we cannot, there's no solution for this. Okay, so the ego basically has to deal with this big problem for the entire life. And what the ego does with that is it creates so-called coping mechanisms for it. All right? It creates some kind of ways for our psyche to deal with the fact that one day I'm going to die. It's this, this ultimate problem with survival because the ego's job is to keep us alive physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually. But at the same time, it also needs to find ways for us not to, to, to end our life, you know, to, to end up in this place where we say, well, if I'm dying anyway, what's the point, right? So it has two functions. It has to help us to deal with this problem, but at the same time to keep us just motivated enough to not want to give up. And these coping mechanisms that the ego develops for that, those are our attachments. The little things here and there that make us feel better about ourselves, that either help us to avoid pain, because pain reminds us of, you know, the end of all things, okay, or to seek pleasure, to get some form of gratification. If I could only you know, make this a better experience, then, you know, everything is fine. And this happens on, on many different levels. This can happen on a neurotransmitter, a physical level. So eating, eating cookies, all right, or drinking coffee or, you know, like creating sort of a neurotransmitter flush of dopamine through all the sugar and caffeine, all right, or, you know, 
harder drugs, you know, that either help us in some way to, to numb our pain, to distract us from the pain, or that give us an artificial high, yeah, so that stimulate us. Or it can also create attachments to things such as if I just have the right partner, or if I just have enough money, or if I just have the perfect body. Yeah. The ego uses this, this as motivation through making us, you know, basically focus or fixate on these things. So most of us are driven by our ego's pursuit, the ego's seeking for some kind of improvement. But the problem with this is, and this is a very sort of buddhic subject, the problem with this is that as we are striving for trying to improve and fixating and seeking, you know, and having and getting and being better than we are and all that, from a spiritual and energetic point of view, we're doing nothing but reinforcing lack in us, reinforcing the fact that it's shitty what we're experiencing or that we're afraid of losing something or that we're afraid of living or afraid of taking responsibility or afraid of not having enough or not being good enough or not being lovable enough. So that's the problem with attachment. And that's why detachment is such a fundamental and instrumental part of, of our personal growth journey, of our spiritual journey later. We, we recognize that it's in the restraint, you know, in refraining from, you know, sort of this addiction to this gratification that we can sort of learn how to detach from all these things without feeling lack or loss. Quite a nice example that you gave there. Nice, nice explanation. Uh, the ego. All I would add to that is the ego works on position. It works on having a position over, or under, or something. It, it, that's how it works. So when we have these uh, attachments, what happens is it, it somehow facilitates that the ego has something better than or something worse than. It gives it that fuel. So the attachment is what gives us the fuel. So what we're really feeding. Is like you only mentioned in a different version, but the same thing is, is we're feeding the attachment. We're enhancing that. We're enhancing that separation, that position, that belief that we are better than or greater than, let's say, higher power or God or whatever you want to call spirituality. And that's what creates that. It continually creates that. So what happens is we prop ourselves up by these attachments. And that keeps us kind of in that ego state, makes us feel normal. But life has a tendency to knock some of those um, positions down. And then when that happens, that's when it creates even more turmoil and we'll try to reach out for other attachments. And it just keeps going and going. Uh, people on spiritual path or who have a kind of a more spiritual karma have a tendency to have those knocked out quite quickly for some reason. And it creates a lot of problems in their life. But there's a purpose behind that. Because by getting their attachments knocked out, by seeing that their positions don't really mean jack squat – then they have a chance to grow past them. They begin to see that there is a limitation to that, that the, the constant seeking and the satiation, because it's not fulfillment. The ego works on satiation. It works on being okay in the moment. It's only forced, or it only keeps going by force. So by learning this from, a, from an early stage and getting, letting go of separation, letting go of these positions, then there's an opportunity to go past the attachments. 
So the cookies come into play here as an example for this uh, never, uh, uh, never actual possible situation. Okay, so the cookies are the example for making us feel good for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then even if we get ourselves to stop eating the cookies, okay, sometimes it's even really difficult to stop ourselves from eating the cookies. So we eat too much and then we actually feel bad and then we have regrets. And now, you know, we feel even worse about ourselves and now we beat ourselves up for eating so much cookies and so forth. And we go into this negative spiral that often comes with our attachments. But even if we can stop ourselves to eat the cookies, what happens is, is that the ego immediately starts to plan or create a scenario where we can have more cookies again. Or something else. The next cookie. The next you know, or, the, or now we need cake. Or now we need, you know, once we have, you know, $100,000 on our bank account, we need a million on our bank account. Or once we've lost 20 pounds, we need to lose another 10 pounds. Or once we have this, we, we need more of this. All right. So the problem is this situation cycle is that it never really stops the fixation it can switch it it can it can turn you know it can you know uh, sort of we, we can live with variations thereof but ultimately underneath all of that is an addictive cycle mm-hmm. and that's why uh, for instance the sacred self-healing course that we've uh, designed you know, treats the ego as the addiction. And we literally help people to transcend these ego attachments by treating them, them like addicts. So we send them through a recovery pro- process that works for alcoholics, that works for drug addiction, all right? And uh, the same mechanisms apply, except for that there is no substance involved and often not even uh, like a... a uh, I mean, sometimes there are hidden uh, activities or behaviors that are ad- addictive in our lives. But even if that's not the case, w- what we begin to realize when we start learning to wean ourselves off from engaging in th- this uh, seeking itself, you know, seeking the next high or trying to find relief from the low, right, that, that we realize that even if we would get the things that the ego tells us we need so much, mm-hmm. we're never actually fulfilled. No. Because the, the core problem is a different one. And that can only be resolved by bringing in a more, well, the deeper perspective, the more spiritual perspective. And that is, what is it actually that I want to feel? Mm-hmm. You know, we the ego just copes with what we don't want to feel, <laughs> you know, it just, you know, it, it just, it states that pain is bad and therefore I don't want to have pain. Or pleasure is good and I want more. Uh, right. Yeah. But we never actually investigate the truth level of that. Every study out there shows that the most happy people are the ones that perceived or went through consistent, moderate pain, learned through challenge challenges in their lives and overcoming and and forming resilience that this actually helps them to grow and that it makes them become more aware and awake to what is essential to them and therefore creates more happiness and these are all people that also report that 
the seeking or the 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 the, the striving for you know needing something or needing to make something go away that that becomes the lowest when you actually challenge yourself when you actually allow yourself to go through something so like say pain for instance you know to to breathe through the pain and to experience yourself to be you know still alive after you went through your pain you know or or take the the example with one of the biggest fears that people have on a con- on a on aware level is embarrassing themselves some kind of shameful kind of situation this is one of the big big fears that, that most people report one of the most powerful ad- advices that i ever received was when I was 17 years old from a very good friend of mine. And he said, Yona, every day where you haven't made a fool out of yourself at least once is a wasted day. And it took me, you know, probably another 20 years to figure out what he meant. What he meant was don't take yourself so seriously. Let go of all the things that you think you need to have. And be willing to expose yourself. Be willing to be vulnerable. That's the fastest way to grow. Well, I love the idea that just going through the pain, accepting it, because that's what I've gone through, and that's what I, I prefer to do. At one point, face something, and the first thing I wanted to do was grab the booze. Believe me, I grabbed the booze later, but I wanted to, I wanted to face the pain first and deal with it. And the booze was kind of a reward for dealing with the pain. I don't know. Did, did I just provide advice that's completely not helpful to anyone? <laughs> you somewhat faced your pain, then you possibly went to an attachment. <laughs> well, I don't know. I look at it this way. My, my, the alcohol was the reward. Because here's the, normally, like when I, if I dealt with, if I deal pain, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in pain. And I grab, you know, booze to kind of numb the pain. But then it's like, no, I'm going to face the pain. So I faced the pain. I did it for a prolonged period of time. I focused, I reflected, I transcended the pain, and as a reward for doing that, then I had the booze to celebrate. Well, I mean, that's still sort of part of the addictive pattern in you, because, you know, if the pain was really fully transcended, there was no need for numbing anything. However, though, when it comes to substances, okay, and I actually caught myself doing the same thing yesterday, not with booze, but with a bag of chips, you know, I was done. I was done with my work. I was I was actually quite fulfilled, you know. And then I grabbed the bag of chips because I finally, after like, I don't know, 14 hours of work or whatever, sat down and didn't do anything. I thought I could reward myself with, with uh, uh, eating chips and only with the result, of course, that I felt bad afterwards, you know, physically bad because, you know, right before you go to bed, that's not a good idea. But you ate a whole bag. No, I didn't eat the oh, whole bag. No, no, I just okay. ate like a one-third of a bag, which is <laughs> improvement. But what I mean to say with this is that when we have habits, okay, and this is the part that's so difficult with attachments, mm-hmm. and especially, of course, with substances, but most people don't realize how certain behaviors also create a substance addiction, just not an out, an external substance addiction, but an internal one, like to their own neurotransmitters, okay, to the dopamine hits that they get inside of themselves, all right, is that, um, you know, there's there's a habit there. And so in order to wean ourselves off from things, it's not enough to just understand this with our mind or to even, 
you know, expose ourselves to the situation and learn that it's okay and that we can survive it. It's also that we have to stop whatever the, the, the coping pattern, the coping habit is, all right, that follows those kind of challenges, all right? So we have to literally, you know, make this a conscious choice to refrain from that which then creates or recreates the whole seeking cycle. It recreates the, 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 the need for gratification. I do, however, Ryan, I do, however, agree with you that working with rewards, because that grips right into our ego's attachment cycle, um, when we do this consciously, can actually work. Yeah. So when you work with moderation and, um, you know, recognize that some things in life, you know, like, say, for instance, the fear of death, right? I mean, that's not that's not the kind of, of, of fear you could ever really fully transcend, right? I mean, you can do that through a very, you know, high consciousness level and, and deep spiritual practice. But at the end of the day, okay, the number of people who will ever get to that place is, is minimal, okay? Most of us will have to deal with, you know, some kind of fear of dying at some point, all right? And that's where, you know, all the ideals and, and, and uh, sort of uh, perfectionism and so forth aside, that's where we can, you know, sort of take whatever the, the core wound or pain is and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to shoot for the stars and if I land on the moon, you know, I'll be happy. And that is to strategically let go of my fear or let go of my pain and work on, you know, getting through these things bit by bit to see it as a as a lifelong process, basically. Because for some people, it's actually, you know, a karmic process that, that, that happens, you know, through several lifetimes. I mean, the Buddhic tradition says that, you know, any kind of suffering that we've attached to takes seven lifetimes to fully transcend, okay? So I'm not sure if I can, uh, you know, if I can agree with that because at some point when somebody has a high vibrational uh, state, like a, a high enough vibrational state, it is possible to, to out-vibrate our karma here in this lifetime. Well, it's a natural thing that occurs as you continue. It's going to happen as right. you know, once your karmic debt is kind of done, it all of a sudden pops up. And there's, a, there's something that, you know, that we call an upward spiral that happens energetically as we go, and that is that we our energy tends to trampoline itself upward, you know, at a certain level of, of consciousness. And that's then also when, you know, things such as miracles and spontaneous healing and, you know, synchronicities and, and just fortune, if you will, happen. But it's the same reason why um, so many people get sucked into this downward spiral you know, into the, the, the series of unfortunate events, right? I mean, when people go through stuff, they don't just go through one thing, right? They don't just lose their job. They lose their job and their wife wants to get divorced and their house goes into foreclosure or something like that, right? It, there's always sort of this, this downward spiral with our, you know, with where our energies go. So the more we attach to our fear or our lack or you know, the, the not wanting to deal with it, the worse 
you know, the, the, the outer world appears, the more hostile the world appears, or like Jeff said it earlier, uh, the, the, the more everything seems to conspire to knock us off that ego trip that we are on. So another teacher that we often worked with in the past, uh, Ryan Stuart Wilde, he always said, you know, that it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the ivory tower of the ego, you know, so the higher you build that tower, you know, the lower the fall. The lower, the bigger the fall, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good thing. You know, remember we, t- we talked about that. Is there anything that you think people can do to, um, I don't know, accelerate the detachment? Quick to accelerate the detachment? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing is to accept that you have them. And then begin to become aware of them to see what you really are attached to. Um, it's not the cookies; it's it's what the cookies do for you. You know, learning to see what it is that mm-hmm. those cookies give the ego. Usually, it's some form of like Yona mentioned. It's either some form of avoiding pain or or some form of pleasure, some form of satiation. So as you begin to work on facing your attachments, it's not that you have to let go of the cookies. You have to let go of your attachment to it. So you learn how to let go of what it gives you. So if it's pleasure or if it's feeling full or if it's feeling um, numb, you begin to let that go. And bit by bit as you do that, then typically what happens with the attachment is it also fades or it becomes much less. Now with like substances and severe addictions, they usually you have to let go of the substance. But let's say with cookies, you learn how to let go of, you know, needing to eat the whole, you know, bag or whatever, sleeve or whatever. You slowly bit by bit pull yourself back. And as the payoff that's associated is let go of, then the attachment fades. Yeah, we no longer we're just no longer attracted to the to whatever that uh, whatever our ego mind fixated on. Right. Now, and what will happen is typically in the beginning of that is another attachment shows up, and you got to go through and you know just releasing attachment after attachment, um, because as the cookies fade, then it's the cake, or then it's like a Jonas said, or then it's the you know it's whatever. And and as you keep letting those go, what you're actually doing is letting go of the attachment that the mind has to um, not only the fear of death, like Yona mentioned, but also just the the, uh, the attachment to trying to stay in these positions of being in control, that the mind is in charge. And as that fades bit by bit, then what happens is you replace that with um, healthier states, such as being open, being understanding, being more willing to try things, being courageous, and even sometimes even loving this. And then as that happens, life changes because then you don't really need some of these attachments anymore. You can literally go through them faster. The fa- the better you get to letting go, the faster attachments detach, typically. So it comes down to the intention of doing that. So after we first admit to ourselves that we have att- attachments and that, you know, we fixate on them is to have the intention to let go of them. And this is one of the really, really cool things that we humans can do. We are the only species that can actually, due to the power of our own consciousness, decide or choose to refrain from things. So this is where where these old traditions um, such as meditating and fasting come from. Okay? Sorry. This is where these these traditions of meditating and fasting come from. And when we fast, okay, when we, or, you know, similar uh, restraints, when we, um, you know, basically tell ourselves, okay, I'm going to withstand this physical need to eat 
right now, not because I want to lose weight or because I want to be spiritual or whatever, but just to prove to myself that I can for, you know, a time of like maybe three days or whatever, you know, get past this attachment, this opinion that I need food at all times. I mean, we, we recommend people to do light fasts only, you know, not like full on fast, but, you know, instead of like, say, eating solid food, eating liquid food only, you know, like uh, smoothies and, and broths and so forth. This is already enough to, to trigger the ego attachment. And it's amazing what people experience. It's the same with meditation. When you just have the intention to just sit there and have no outer impulses, all right, and to just be with your own mind and learn to silence your mind, all right, what happens there at first is, is like, total turmoil and we can fully experience internally how much we are attached to be it our hunger or our thinkingness or uh, whatever comes up all right there's a lot of emotions typically that come up when we first um, um, have the intention to refrain from something and everyone who's ever gone through a recovery process with substances or addictive behaviors uh, understands that you know, there's a, a ton of stuff that the ego throws at us, anything from anxiety to depression to anger, all right, to not, you know, to, to, to wanting to, to get what it wants, the gratification. So the one thing that we can all do, and this doesn't have to be, you know, through becoming a vegan or uh, meditating 10 hours a day or, you know, whatever it is is, is this, the, the very simple, fundamental restraint training, you know, to learn to detach from these urges, you know, that come here through our five senses and our thinkingness. And to learn to master that, to learn to calm the volume down so that we can feel something that is much deeper and much more true, and that is then what allows a person to experience something completely new, and that is that we can actually create fulfillment within ourselves through through experiencing the connection with ourselves on this deep, deep level that is like a medicine for the fear of dying, the fear of being alone, the fear of not being loved, through that experience, and it's often called spiritual experience, but it really is, you know, at the end of the day, just a matter of an egoless experience. All right, that's when you know we begin to realize that there is much more to us than all these fixations and attachments that we have. And uh, the last thing I want to ask you about is, have you guys ever heard of a book called The Trials of Seneca? Mm. Well, I mean, I've I've studied Latin for eight years, so I know who Seneca is. Tim Ferriss brought this book. He's pretty cool. He's got a really awesome podcast, and he talks about stoicism and about being Mm. tough and about putting Mm -hmm. yourselves, you know, doing things to make yourself tougher and stronger. Mm -hmm. Tim does these things where he has days of pain where he'll 
uh, do things like take cold showers or put himself mm-hmm. in purpose in order to become stronger. So when real things happen, it'll be stronger. I love that. I want to do mm-hmm. more of that. So if you do that, if you put yourself through pain, not because you're a sadomasochist, not because mm-hmm. you know you want to harm yourself, because you want to make yourself stronger, does that increase your chances of not being detached, of you know, having Love more me. of a detachment? You can, yeah. yeah. In theory, it does, but you know, people have weird ideas when you tell them, um, you know, uh, to do this, uh, th- those kind of things. It has to be very controlled. It's actually enough to just withhold yourself something that already creates so much um, ego resistance in a person. Okay, that for the the sake of practicing that, for the sake of of making yourself more resilient to his things. Is often enough, but for you know, just like in martial arts, for instance, is that that's a very common practice. You know, you you increase your resilience so that in in a situation where you really need it, you know, that it's it's no big deal. Okay, it's a basic training concept. The as you challenge your ability to handle things bit by bit, not overload because that'd be traumatic. But if you challenge yourself bit by bit, then your ability to mm-hmm. withstand that your resiliency increases now that's a linear concept so that's where yoda talks about it can be a bit twisted or off if you go too far with it um a lot of guys and and women out there will do this with pain they'll Mm -hmm. take their their physical pain level too high and they'll do really dumb things but in general challenging yourself helps tremendously with growth and it also gives you the opportunity to face things yeah it comes down to challenging to recognize that every experience is a learning experience. The one thing that people have to learn on that path, though, is the discernment of it. You know, because um, you know, when when it comes to like challenging yourself, you know, like say thrill seeking, for instance, can also be an addiction. You know, to to push yourself to the verge of uh, something, you know, can sometimes be toxic, can sometimes be uh, a distraction. So the, the discernment that uh, allows us to differentiate whether something is actually good for us or not, okay? That is the, the, the part that lies behind the ego addiction that needs to be reinstated. In order to replace our attachment with a healthier version, we first need to feel again what healthy is. And growth and, you know, life promoting and, um, you know, joy and engaging and you know relating and sharing and all those are very um uh, growth promoting things okay so but we often in our attachment uh you know try to avoid these things because they make us feel vulnerable or out of you know not in control or powerless so what we recommend people to do in general um is to uh, first and foremost, uh, understand these things that we just talk about. You know, it's a little bit of education, but we, we can all relate to this on some level. And then to form a new habit, and that habit is to challenge yourself every day. You know, just challenge yourself with things. Whether it's starting to do something new, whether it's um, taking a different route to work, whether it's uh, you know uh, do you know eating something different, you know to just challenge this this complacency 
that the ego develops. You know, this uh, illusionary feeling of control and security through constantly changing things. So my advice to everyone who wants to learn how to detach more is through not allowing yourself to go into this this uh, uh, toxic passivity and complacency with things, you know, to always try new ways. So always try to see the the third option, as I call it, you know, because so many times we get stuck in thinking it's either or, black or white, dark or light, all or nothing. And whenever we find that we think in those binary terms, that's when we are already attached to our ego's duality. That's when we know that we are caught in our ego. So to make it a habit to find at least a third option, you know, like a neutral way or, you know, something out of the box, okay, something that challenges our own inertia, okay, that to me is, uh, in, especially in times like this where there's so much uncertainty, the best resilience training and the best instrument for for uh, detachment and ultimately the growth that comes out of learning how to detach. Okay, that's awesome. Well, I have to say that there was a lot of great information that came out today and I want to thank everyone for listening to Heart Warriors Radio. It is concluded. So you're either going to have to deal with the pain of the show ending or you better start drinking right now. Hopefully you can <laughs> you know, accept the pain of the show ending and listen to our archives and be okay. But if not, you Or drink. listen to more shows to and more. seek gratification through listening to us discussing these higher vibratory concepts. That's right. Thanks for the save, Yona. Don't listen to anything <laughs> I say. I'm just asking questions, Jeff. You know, they're, they're the teachers. They're the teachers. All right. Uh, you can learn more about Heart Wars Radio by going to outerlimitsradio.com and learn more about Jeff and Yona by going to transcodes.com. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you.